Hello and welcome to the Phil Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 454. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Can't complain. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about the supernatural horror film, The Innocence, which is out now on Shudder. We're also going to be going over some of what we've been watching on the watch list. And this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be great. New Saved by the 90s. We're going to be recording that this week. A little bit different this week. We're not covering any movies. We're covering a TV series. And it's a part. It's a two-parter. So we're doing a full Eerie Indiana retrospective. Oh my goodness. Look at you guys. Yeah. So we're going to be covering the first nine episodes this month and then we're gonna be doing the second half of the series on the next episode and i didn't even know this but there's a second erie indiana series so it i in 1998 they created a whole different series and we might cover we might we'll talk about that but i don't think we're gonna like cover all those episodes but either way uh, if you're not familiar, Erie, Indiana was probably one of the best kid shows of the 90s. Uh, very underrated. And we're going to be diving into the whole series. So stay tuned for that. With that, I think we can get into our review. Again, we're talking about The Innocents. I have a synopsis here. During the bright Nordic summer, a group of children reveal their dark and mysterious powers when the adults aren't looking. In this original and gripping supernatural thriller, Playtime takes a dangerous turn. This is written and directed by Eskiel Vogt. Uh, Kevin, now, I actually didn't really know too much about this. I did see a trailer for this, and I so I was kind of interested, but... um, I did Yeah, I didn't know too much. I kind of went in with a bit of an open mind. No preconceived notions or anything. So, uh, Kevin, what, what were your initial impressions of The Innocence? Uh, I knew a, I didn't know anything about the movie going into it. I just know of the director. Uh, apparently, I saw Blind, his first feature from 2014. I keep that three hours. I do not remember that movie at all. Nothing about it. I don't think I saw that. I was trying to, like, I don't know. I don't think I saw it. I... I don't, I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Uh, the only other thing I know about him is he co-wrote much of uh, the work of Trier, the like the worst person in the world, Oslo, August 31st, mm-hmm. Louder Than Bond, all that. Right. So I kind of have an idea going into it, of the, like tone and everything. But I got to say, I was kind of surprised by this. This is not at all what i was expecting it to be uh but far, also far darker yeah far darker than i was expecting far far darker and it, it kind of put me off because it's some super dark shit happens early on when these kids kind of like find out about their powers or whatever uh and then it just dragged forever and it felt like this movie was seven hours long. Yeah, it is definitely a slow burn. It's two hours, but I mean, I was definitely looking at the time with this one. It it, it does yeah. 
it does certainly drag in the second act. And I, I think that it, for me at least, it does redeem itself in the final act, but it, it, it definitely does uh, drag a bit. Just, I think because it, it hits you so hard. Like, I mean, it's like, there's like multiple gut punches in like the first half and you're just like, you're just floored with what you saw. And then there's this like giant lull in the middle there where it's like not really anything happening. And I think that the fact that those really shocking moments occur so early on, and then there's so much time with nothing that it, it makes it, uh, it makes it feel, uh, just longer and, and more drawn out because of that. Yeah. I just feel like we did it so much of this movie you know, the like the middle portion of it, you know, I was expecting for for things to be built, like build upon what and he does that a little bit. But for the most part, there's just there's not really building towards anything. Except you say like the the, the final end, the end piece there, which just it, I was tapped out by then, I think, where and also the the kid, the one kid uh introduced to him right and there's nothing to like about this kid at all ever so i just essentially sitting around waiting for that kid to to not be around anymore you know what i mean yeah he's a piece of shit but you know (laughs) he's 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 very clearly designed to be a piece of shit yeah yeah and that's what i and i don't know i think it was just too simplistic for me in that in that sense like the the kids, the way in which they were, and another thing that gets me is a this the way in which it's presented. This doesn't seem like an entertainment piece. You know what I mean? This isn't like a, an origin story superhero type no, deal no. or supervillain type thing. You know, you know that they're going for some sort of uh, elaborate metaphor. Some, you very know, contemplative, just, yeah, yeah. So you're going for that shit, which I I don't know what the fuck he's trying to say. Because none of it makes sense in that time. But there's enough stuff that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way where I'm just like, well, what's that supposed to mean? Like, you have the two kids are obviously white, and the other two kids are not. I, I'm the so- other two kids, they go out of, he goes out of his way to show that they do not have a father. I, like, it's. Yes. And, and it's just, it just, it sour tastes in my mouth where I'm just like, uh, it's so interesting you that you brought do? that up because I thought about that as I was watching it specifically with the, the one, the boy who's like, turns out to be, and this is not a, a spoiler. You can see it in the trailer. He's, he's kind of evil. And, um, I thought about that as well, where it, it seems clear that like he's the, he's not the white one. And then you have the clear protagonists who are very white and, it, I was thinking about that, but the, uh, but at the end, I was like, you know, what? I'm not going to bring that up on the show because, I, like, I don't know if that's something, but I'm glad you did because that kind of um, cements how I was feeling about it, too. And I just yeah, wasn't sure if I was feeling a bit too woke or something during that time. Yeah, And that's what I mean. I'm like, you know, the, and I think if it was just a, a clear entertainment thing, right? You could just kind of look at it and be like, oh, that's kind of weird, you know? But the fact that he goes out of his way to show that those two kids do not have a father, the two white kids, their family's intact, 
even though the parents don't really play a role at all, so that it makes even less sense to kind of focus on the parents to begin with. But whatever. That's where it just kind of... And But again, it just it left a sour taste in my mouth because I'm like, it seems like you're trying to say something, and I don't know if I like what you're trying to say because it comes off wrong. Well, there's also the the fact that the older sister is autistic and she's uh she's very very autistic i mean she she's not even she's not able to speak and after these like powers sort of manifest she like it basically cures her autism like kind of simply put makes makes her be able to to speak sort of th- drawing the power from the other kids and I wasn't sure how I felt about that either, just how yeah. they were treating this. And I, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know if I really liked that angle yeah. either. Yeah, just too much of this is like just off putting in a way. It's hard to pinpoint. You're just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. Just there's, there's a lot of stuff going on that. Like it's not big stuff, but at the same time, yeah. There's just there's little like, there's like little things here and there that I'm just like, eh, I don't know about this. There's also there's also the there's way- a lot of like there's like very small things too, like not just like themes and and things like that that you could maybe interpret the wrong way. Um, there's just other elements as well that I'm not sure needed to be in the movie to in order to evoke the same uh, emotional reaction. Like there's a, there's a scene where they show like the one little girl changing. And I was like, that's not, we don't need that in this movie. Why is that in there? Yeah. And it's like, it seems weird for me to watch. Like, uh, I don't know how old she is. Like eight. I don't know. Some, some, somewhere around there, like taking her shirt off and being, like that's I don't know that just felt unnecessary, and then you know like one of the big scenes and I'll say this uh, maybe maybe this is a mild spoiler it doesn't really affect the movie at all but I feel like it's a public service to to say that there's a scene where there's like an animal torture and death and that scene is like so brutal dude like just so brutal <laughs> yes it's um. It's very off-putting and it's very like just shocking. And, you know, I've, I've seen, I, I see my share of like disturbing movies every year, but this one like just really got under my skin, man. <laughs> There's a couple things that yeah. happen in this where I'm just like, oh. And I think for me, the, the, those early on scenes that are shocking, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of held out. Where I was like, okay, I don't like this, but, you know, obviously we're going for something here. And then, you know, as the movie progressed and, you know, the small stuff starts adding up, you're just kind of like, I don't think we're really doing anything here. It's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very disturbing film. I mean, you have children and that's kind of the point, I think, you know, like the title, The Innocence. You know, I don't know how many reviews there are out there that prob that probably say like these kids aren't very innocent. You know, like I 
Yeah, there's probably a ton of those. But, I mean, it's clearly kind of what they were going for, looking at these these children who are actually kind of kind of psychopaths. I mean, they, they set, Mm -hmm. they set the stage that even the main girl, they set the stage early on where they show her like pinching her sister as hard as she can. And then like, right after that, they show her stomping on a worm. Yeah. just like, okay, well this kid's fucked up. And then, and then she meets the boy and you realize that the boy's even more fucked up than her. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you know, is centering her, it, it kind of putting her in the position of like she can go either way, and that's the thing that kind of bothers me is that she can go either way, where like she's kind of impressionist, you know, with spending time with a boy, you could see her going down that path if she spends more time with him, but the, the fact that somehow, you know, her unit being whole is keeping her from going down that path. And then with the end of her teaming up with her autistic sister and like them together, they have the power, you know, it's just, I don't know. That kind of stuff is just like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Fucked up. Now that's not to say that there weren't uh, multiple things that I liked quite a bit about this movie. One being the the performances. Uh, I've said it a million times. I'm, very hard on child actors, but these kids had some really heavy material to work with. And I think that all of the, the young actors did a really incredible job. Like they were just, they were so good. I mean, kids, kids get killed in this movie. Kids get injured very bad. Kids get killed. And all of these children were able to, to handle that kind of emotional heft. Uh, I think very, very, um, very well. Yes, they do. They do do a phenomenal job. I like the overall cinematography in this as well. I think that the visuals were great. I love the location where you have these kind of, um, ugly looking apartment, this, this like kind of dreary apartment complex that's surrounded by this kind of lush forest. Uh, I, I loved that. Um, the how the their powers were represented where it was like this kind of slight like a wind type of effect i liked that too uh, especially what happens in the climax uh i thought that that was like such an effective scene how they it was almost silent and how that all played out i thought was like really really effective so there's a there's a number of things I liked about it. Yeah. No, I do I do like the execution of the final showdown. I'm I'm in agreement with you there. It's good, you know, like a kind of like a subdued mm. muted climax, which I thought worked really well. Yeah, and how like you you first you see it go across the water and then like the like the the, the sand goes and like that kid gets knocked over and you're just like, "Oh, it was that. It was good. That that was really good. It's just unfortunate, you know, the six hours and forty five minutes before. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely it's definitely a hard movie, man. Like it's it's a tough movie to get through for sure. There's there's some very disturbing things. So basically, n- not only do they discover that they have powers, they're all kind of psychically linked, but one of the powers that manifest in the one kid is that he's able to 
take sort of possess people and control them. And you can imagine what that could yield in a child who is clearly sociopathic and, you know, ready to murder. Uh, there's some very, very uh, disturbing and grisly things that occur. 100%. Overall, though, you know, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I'm sort of down the middle on this. I, f- I feel like yeah. uh, there were some missteps here and there, but, and, and I, to be clear, I would never watch this again. Like, this is definitely one no. of those movies where it's, it's, it's a one and done. Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. And I think the other thing that is kind of surprising to me in terms of like the, the shocking sequences that you have here, uh, if those did not exist, this movie would be very forgettable. Oh, yes. Most definitely. So I think with that in mind, those shocking scenes feel even worse than they otherwise would be. Because it feels like it's just there to like kind of jolt you into, you know, wake you up, kind of grabbing your attention. Yeah. <laughs> like right, right, just right like, when uh, you start to doze off, they uh, throw something you know, crazy at you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we're 25 minutes in, we're already losing them. Let's kill a cat. Yeah, it, it it is interesting because because yeah the kids have powers, but the thing is like you don't see them them use the powers a lot. Most of the time, it's just them like f- flicking rocks. You know, <laughs> like it's not like they really utilize the powers a lot. It's so it's it's very it's very subdued the those elements, and and I'm I'm in full agreement that if you take out those shocking moments that uh, you wouldn't really have much of anything here. It would just be a bunch of kids acting like little bastards. So anyway, um, let's go ahead and give it a score. What are you going to give the innocence out of 10? Uh, I give it like a four and a half. I'm going to like a five and a half on this one. Sort of five, five and a half, kind of right down the middle. Just wish it was a little bit tighter on that run time. I think that would have helped it a lot. It, it definitely would have helped a to help a little bit either way this is on shutter so if you have a shutter subscription you can uh check it out on there at, or you uh, can rent it on uh amazon prime if you want yeah, kevin didn't didn't know it was on shutter so he rented it <laughs> uh, that's the that's the first time i've had that happen i've done it i've definitely done it before so don't feel bad it's it's something that has happened to me before i've i bought games that i realized were free on other services and that's that's like even worse uh all right uh let's move on talk about someone we've been watching i think it's my turn this week we had off last week so i have um a pretty decent stockpile of things here so i'll just do some select items uh the first one is carter this came out uh on netflix a couple weeks ago Directed by uh, Young Byung Gil, probably mispronouncing that. Apologies. This is an action, a very, very hyper, crazy action movie. Have you heard anything about this? I did see one sequence, and I realized that this was the director of The Villainous. Mm-hmm. Which I remember you saying good yeah. things about. Yeah, Villainous was awesome. Uh, had some really great action choreography in it. 
Uh, Carter does too, but there's like a big caveat with Carter and that is how it's shot. So it is, it's a single take movie um, with of course, tons of like masked, uh, masked cuts and stuff. But the wild thing about this one is that it's almost like hardcore Henry in a way it's pretty much nonstop action, but everything is like ramped up beyond what we saw in hardcore Henry. It's not first person or anything. Um, but it's pretty much all like crazy shaky handhelds and drone shots and just everything is so kinetic. Everything is always moving. The camera is just, I mean, it's like a dude just with a GoPro strapped to his head and he's just like literally running around the room. That's what it feels like. It is, uh, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like it. Like, I don't understand how, they could look at the final product of this and be like, yeah, this is a great, this is a great movie. This looks great. Let's put it out there. It's in, it's <laughs> completely bonkers, but um, it's memorable. You won't forget this movie anytime soon. Uh, if you're prone to motion sickness or migraines, uh, just a, a, a warning because it is, it, it is nuts. Um, but the action scenes are like, crazy it's like top notch like some of the action scenes are mind-blowing and i also this is a type of movie where like i want to see the making of it like i want to understand how the hell they got some of these shots and i know that they used a lot of green screen stuff to do some of the really wild stuff but like it's still impressive like to just to see how they managed to get this stuff it had to be a lot of drone work and like GoPros and stuff because it's, yeah. Anyway, that's Carter on Netflix. Oh, I didn't um, even mention the plot. doesn't matter because it's just nonstop action. It's about a guy who wakes up. He has no memory. And uh, that's pretty much it. He, uh, he has no memory. And there's like a, a device implanted in his ear. And he has to like follow the instructions or else a bomb goes off in his head or something or in his mouth. In his mouth. Yeah. It's like a, in a, in his teeth. Sounds like a no for me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really hard recommend just, just, but at the same time, like, I feel like maybe you should, you should not, not necessarily watch the whole thing, but maybe there's like a clip or something on YouTube. Yeah. Just, just try and find the action sequences on there. Yeah, just just so you can see what it's like, just just to get an idea of what this movie's like. Uh, I watched The Borderlands, also known as Final Prayer, and I say that because this movie's available on Tubi. And if you try and type in The Borderlands, nothing's gonna happen for you. All right, nothing's coming up. You gotta type in Final Prayer, and then you'll get it. Directed by Elliot Goldner. Found foot char movie. And uh, I, I, I checked this out because I saw someone on Twitter and I can't remember who. My apologies. But they said that, you know, that Jordan Peele had to see this movie because of something that happens in Nope. So I was, that intrigued me. I checked it out. I like the idea of this. You have uh, it's found footage where the, the Vatican is investigating this, uh, this, little, this little church in Britain. 
they, 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 they said that they've caught a miracle on film, so the Vatican sent some people to check it out, see if it's real or not, essentially is the deal. And you have uh, two church officials and then the, a tech guy who sets up all the cameras and everything. So a large majority of this is, you know, kind of what you would expect from found footage, where there's not a whole lot going on. It's, we're watching camera footage. Stuff is happening. Stuff is not happening. Most of the time, stuff is not happening. Let's be honest. But uh, everything ramps up at the end, like they, like it usually does. So you just you get rewarded for your patience. And this movie definitely rewards you for your patience. Because it goes somewhere that I was not expecting at all. I don't think you could ever guess it, really. And uh, for that, I have to say, I, I, I pretty much enjoyed this one. I was kind of surprised. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I saw this movie, but I don't remember much about it. Didn't didn't remember that I saw it. So this this came this came out when like the whole found footage thing was like in full swing. There was like a ton of found footage stuff dropping. It's just very interesting. It went it went somewhere. Like it gives you little clues, you know, a little foreshadowing throughout, which you know I didn't really pick up on until the ending. And I was like, okay. I mean, they gave me some clues, but I definitely would not have guessed where it went. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a decent found footage, check it out. The Borderlands. Not to be confused with the Eli Roth adaptation of the game Borderlands that's coming out. Oh, Jesus. Could be cool. Who knows? God. Uh, there's, there's a good, good cast in it, but whatever. Um, I, yeah. I saw Bullet Train. Uh, this is directed by David Leach. Uh, great cast in this one too. Like, got Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Andrew Koji, Hiroyuki uh, Sonata's in here. Michael Shannon, Zazie Beetz, Sandra Bullock. Huge cast, impressive cast. Uh, not very impressive movie. I was not very into this one kind of like straight down the middle for me. Uh, if, you're, if you're familiar with David Leach, you know, he's, he did Atomic Blonde, he did the Deadpool movies. So, yeah, kind of. Or Deadpool 2, I think he might, maybe just did Deadpool 2. But yeah. sort of uh, that style, you know, the John Wick style of action. Yeah. Um, but this one was like, it's much more of a comedy than action it's it's like got this like kind of goofy dialogue feels very guy Ritchie esque um and i don't know it's fine the comedy didn't really work for me but yeah it's kind of straight down the middle it's all about fate like everything everything's about fate fate yeah like fate brought this person on this train and, and it uh, like follows like the fate of this water bottle and it's just uh it's too much at times, <laughs> but it, it definitely has some fun moments though. So it's not like I hated it or anything. Oh, my. uh, I watched uh, a feast of man from, uh, directed by Caroline Golan from 2016. This is an American indie. So this is a little bit different. American indie. This, this was made during a time in American independent cinema where every filmmaker seems to know someone that had a house that they could use somewhere. 
like everyone always had like a vacation or if it was just like at the beginning of Airbnb, maybe that's the late, the lap over. I don't know. But anyways, this is, I, I for the most part enjoyed this. This is really interesting because it's, these socialites go to this home where they used to vacation. Friend of theirs just recently passed away. He was the sole inheritor to the, to the Gallagher. Uh, and so they go to read the will and everything, but it turns out he has a video will that supersedes the written will. And in the video will, he says, you guys can split my fortune. I was able to keep it away from the IRS. You can split the fortune. All you have to do is eat my body at the end of the weekend. So you have the weekend to figure out if you're in or not. If you eat the body, eat his body, they'll cook it up. If you eat him, you get his fortune. So of course, some people are into it, some people are not. A lot of fighting, all that stuff. But the, the interesting thing about this is, A, it's very low budget, but to do a wonderful job in terms of like production design and everything, like they, they knew how to spend their money because it, it looks good. Like the setting and everything. Just great job all around. But also, it's just this, it's not your typical American indie. This is kind of like, a, kind of riffing on like, I want to say like old Hollywood type comedies. And some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. The the acting is very like over the top and it kind of like you know, a little more um a little more emotional than it than it would normally be, but it just I found it pretty refreshing in terms of what uh American indies have to offer. And Lloyd Kaufman's so a uh... Lloyd Kaufman is in it. He's he's in there for a little bit. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, this looks pretty interesting. This is that's I think also on Tubi. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Look at me. I'm I'm my mom is so proud of me. Tubi fanatic over here. Yeah, I think most Church of what Tubi. I saw is a lot of what I saw is on Shutter, but um, all right. I saw Day Shift. This is on Netflix. Directed by J.J. Perry. This is a kind of a horror action movie. Stars Jamie Foxx as a uh, a vampire hunter in Mm -hmm. L.A. And he's on the day shift. So, like, his, what he's, basically, there's, like, this, this, like, organization, this, like, vampire hunter organization. He was kicked out for, like, not following the rules. And... He desperately needs to make some money so that he can try to keep his uh, daughter in the city. He doesn't want to lose his daughter. And so he, he gets back in to the organization, but he has to work the day shift, which is like, I guess, the shitty, the shitty shift. And they, they assign him like this uh, kind of analyst guy to, to keep track, keep tabs on him. And that guy's played by Dave Franco. So you have this, it's almost like a buddy, it's like a buddy cop situation almost, but instead of cops, they're vampire hunters. And um, uh, Snoop Dogg's in here too, and he also plays a vampire hunter. Actually kind of a badass vampire hunter, to to be honest with you. Um, I had no expectations for this going into it. Uh, it looked kind of like a David Ayer movie to me and like, I don't really like David Ayer movies too much. So I, I had no desire to see this. Um, but I came away from it 
having a great time. Like, it's not very good. It's stupid, but it's a lot of fun. The action scenes are quite good. Uh, J.J. Perry, this is a, a directorial debut from for him, but he works as a um, like a stunt choreographer and stuff. So he worked on like the John Wick movies and stuff like that. So he's got a stunt background and that definitely shows in this because the action scenes are kind of why you would consider watching this. They do a pretty decent job with the world building and and how the, like the vampire hunting works. Like that's kind of interesting too, but it's really the action scenes. Kind of the, the um, thing that makes this a little bit different is that like, there's all different types of vampires and they, they're like all like bendy. Like they're all like they, they cast um, like contortionists to be the vampires. So they're all like flipping around doing these like crazy twists and stuff during the fight scenes, uh, which is makes for some really interesting action sequences. Bendy vampires, huh? Yeah. Uh, you also have Scott Adkins in here. He plays another vampire hunter. Um, I like to see him in more roles too. So yeah. Um, yeah. I give it a light recommend just because it's on Netflix and uh, it's, it's, it's a fun one. Interesting. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Believe me. I was surprised. <laughs> it looks like shit. Like the trailer makes it look so bad, but it's, uh, it's actually quite fun incredible that's all i have that's all i watched all right i can rattle off a a couple more here Uh, i saw vengeance this is out now it's in theaters it's also on vod uh this is directed written and directed by bj novak um this movie it's i like this this movie quite quite a bit actually uh so it's about a um a journalist and he He's kind of struggling to come up with his next story idea. And so, yeah, he's trying to, he's trying to find like his next story and he's trying to, to find something that's like about a person and then like kind of equate that to an overall theme because that's how like a lot of these podcasts work. Right. So he, so yeah, he's struggling to find, the his next story and he gets a call from uh, the brother of this one woman that he hooked up with like ages ago and finds out that she uh she was she died and they want him to come to the funeral in texas so he goes from new york to texas and it turns out that like her whole family thinks that the two of them were like together and he he wasn't, he barely knew her at all. And it turns out that the brother believes that she was murdered and he, he's like, okay, well this is, this is a story. Like this is something that I can dig into here because not only did they think that like somehow I was involved with this woman, but also that she was murdered. And when there was, there, there's no, indication that she was murdered it was an overdose and um yeah so that's kind of the the setup but it it goes from there and it gets it gets fairly deep like it's a it's a very well written 
film and uh i i enjoyed it tremendously it's a really good kind of dark comedy that pokes fun at just kind of current society and and like the whole podcasting thing and all of that it's i would definitely recommend it i liked it quite a bit yeah all right it's just interesting because when you when you threw this out to me and i and I, I typed it into google and it popped up and you know there's just so many aspects of this thing that i just thought that it wasn't real because it's called vengeance directed by bj novak which just seems weird to me and then I was going through the, the cast list. You got like Israel, Ashton Kutcher, John Mayer. And I'm just like, this this is not real. This is not, this is not a real thing. Yeah, Israel plays uh, his producer on the show. Ashton Kutcher plays this record producer in the town. And he's great, by the way. Like he is, he's really good at this. And then um, John Mayer plays like his best friend. And he's only in like one scene, but it's a good, it's a really good scene that kind of sets up this character. And essentially, at least at the beginning of the movie, the character that BJ Novak plays is, is basically his office character. Gotcha. There, just, there's definitely an arc there and there's a lot of, this is, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I just, I feel like this, this is a bit and you're just taking it further. Like you somehow made a letterbox for this movie that doesn't exist. Watch the, did you see the trailer? Watch the trailer. I I think you would, I think you'll, I don't know. I don't know if you would like this or not. Yeah. I don't don't know. I'm not participating in this joke anymore. Yeah. You, I don't know. You might hate it for all I know. You might find it too. It's, you might find it too pretentious. I could see how some people would like, if you don't, if you don't like BJ Novak, which it seems like you're not a big BJ Novak fan. I'm I like I'm indifferent to BJ Novak. He's the person that I forget exists most of the time. I think he's a he's a very good writer. I think that he's I think he's a really talented person. I think I probably will end up seeing this because I just like I have to see it to believe it. I I don't know. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll hate it. I, again, I could see it either way. Really, either way. Gotcha. For you. Um, but I liked it quite a bit. I saw Spin Me Round. This is the new one from uh, Jeff Banna. Ba- Banna? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, it's a dark comedy with Alison Brie and Aubrey Plaza. Uh, if you remember, he, was, he directed The Little Hours, which also starred Alison Brie and Aubrey Plaza. This one uh, sees Alison Brie as the manager of this uh, restaurant, uh, this Italian restaurant chain that's a very thinly veiled um, Olive Garden, basically. It's called like Tuscan. I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's ridiculous. And so she, she gets, she wins the opportunity to go to Italy and go to this like workshop that the company has at their villa in Italy and a series of uh, strange and uh, calamitous events happen. Pretty good supporting cast here. You have Molly Shannon, Tim Heidecker, Zach Woods, uh, Fred Armisen's in here as well. Uh, And Lil Ra Howry is here also. So you have a really good cast. Uh, It's the, it's, 
my kind of comedy where it's very awkward. It's very cringy, uncomfortable, and slightly weird. So that's, I kind of knew that going into it just because I, I saw Joshy and The Little Hours. So I, I kind of knew what to expect from this director. And I wasn't let down overall. I thought it was decent. I feel like he didn't quite stick the landing. The Where it goes is a bit of a letdown, I think. But overall, I thought it was pretty funny. So maybe a light recommend. I think this is on AMC Plus in addition to VOD. Or, or maybe it's coming to AMC Plus at some point. I don't have that, so I don't know. Um, too many streaming services. Too many pluses. Yeah. I got, I did, I signed up for AMC plus like a trial and then I was just like, nah, the thing is though, if you have AMC plus you get shutter with it, but I don't know, it, but it's, I don't think it's like, I don't know if it's the full shutter library. And the thing is like the AMC plus app really sucked. So I was like, okay, forget it. Gotcha. The last one that I saw that I'll mention is uh, phantom of the mall. Eric's revenge. Now we're talking. This is from 1989. It's directed by Richard Friedman. Uh, you have your, this is your classic 80s slasher movie right here. Uh, surprisingly, it's one that I never saw before. I feel like at this point, I've, I should have seen every 80s slasher movie, but yet there's still quite a few that I, that I haven't seen. Uh, I liked this one quite a bit. It's, it's goofy, but it's not nearly as, as bad as you might expect. Like the acting is pretty decent. The writing is decent. The kills are okay. Like they're, they're not great. There is a great scene where uh, a guy gets killed, uh, the killer who, you know, this is obviously a take on Phantom of the Opera, but it takes place in a mall. The, the killer, the Phantom, uh, kills somebody by taking a cobra and putting it in the toilet. And when the guy goes to take a shit, it bites him in the dick. And, uh, that's how he dies. The eighties, man. Hell yeah. Fucking 80s. Cobra dicks. Love it. So it's, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I had a pretty good time with it. It's on shutter. Where do you, so get, you, you can check it out you, there. Where do you get the Cobra? <laughs> I guess the mall, like maybe the, a pet store or something. Okay. I don't know. The the thing is like the the phantom he has like everything that he uses it's something from the mall. So he has like a sh- uh, uh um mm-hmm. a crossbow that he got from the sporting goods store and he steals a whole bunch of um like gym equipment. So he's like in the basement in the boiler room of this mall and he's just like working out all the time, getting jacked and get, yeah. getting ready. And he just watches, he has like all like the security feeds, access to all the security feeds. So he just watches for, uh, for his, his girlfriend to show up because his girlfriend works at the mall. And anytime a guy gives her trouble, he goes and fucks him up. So he's actually the hero. That's what you're telling it, me. It's, it is kind of weird. I guess Phantom of the Opera is kind of similar too, but like, he's not necessarily the bad guy at the beginning i also like that like he's working out in the basement getting jacked but he still has he's not going to just utilize his body for everything he's still thinking outside the box with cobras 
Yeah. And putting them right. in, in toilets, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a complex dude, it sounds like. It is, yeah. And he, uh, he, uh, he has access... Yeah, he has access to all these different, like, um, passageways and stuff. So he knows, like, the whole layout of the mall and, like, where all the air ducts lead and stuff. So he can, he can get around very easily. And, like, the mask, you know, like, the, the Phantom of the Opera, you know, the iconic mask. Um, mm-hmm. He took it from a, a, a mannequin. That, that was how he got his mask, is took it from a mannequin. And the whole premise here is that this guy was the boyfriend of this young woman and he lit where he lived in his house uh was the location of where they wanted to build the mall and his family was not signing over the property so the the mall the guy who was like who owned the mall or whatever was developing it hired this kind of thug to set fire to the, the kid's house and he was in it. And um, so, yeah, that's the origin story there of Eric. And uh, he later gets his revenge. Is This sounds awesome. Morgan Fairchild's this... in it. She plays the, uh, the mayor. And Pauly Shore is in it, too. He's like one of the friends. Yeah. Like he's, he's in, the, just... he's in the, the friend group. And, you know, he's actually pretty good in it, actually. Like it's, it's definitely an early, early role for Polly Shore, but he does a pretty good job. I, I got to say, I like this movie. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds pretty great. I got to check this out. Yep, on Shudder. Let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Just one major one. That's The Invitation. It's a, it's a vamp, vamper movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't think I need to see this in the theater, but I'll check it out when it hits its VOD. Could be huh. interesting. I really don't know Could that be. much about it. I haven't even really seen a trailer for this, so this is the first time I'm hearing of it. Mm, okay. A young woman is invited to a lavish wedding at a mysterious mansion in the English countryside, where she's seduced by the handsome and duplicitous host. She soon uncovers his sinister intentions, sending her on a horrifying journey of self-discovery and survival. That sounds like a rough time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, seem, it seems like uh, sort of, sort of uh, like Ready or Not, but just not not okay. funny and with vampires. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, yeah. That's pretty much it for theaters. Let's look at what we have on VOD. Beginning on the twenty uh, third, we have The Runner, uh, which is. Uh, Maybe a crime thriller from the looks of it. I don't know. It's a Saban Films release, so that should give you an indication. On the 24th, we have Running with the Devil, The Wild World of John McAfee. That's going to be on Netflix. So if you don't know the story of John McAfee, the antivirus guy, you should definitely check that out because he's probably had the craziest life of... Maybe almost anyone. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with McAfee's story? Yeah. Isn't he like a huge piece of shit? Well, he was. He's dead now. Wow. Well, that's good. No, yeah. I mean, he was alleged to have murdered his neighbor. So. Yes. Yes. I do remember looking this up at one point 
He was he was nuts, man. Yeah, yeah. Just it is a wild story, though. Uh, on the 25th on Netflix, we have The Figo Affair, The Transfer That Changed Football. It's a documentary. <laughs> on the 26th, we have Untrapped, The Story of Little Baby. That's a music, a little rock doc on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so if you're looking to dive into the story of Little Baby, you can check you that out. You, you a fan of Little Baby? Little Baby fan? I don't, think, I don't think I've ever heard a Little Baby song. You probably have and just didn't. Have I? I, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I know I have, but like I couldn't recite you the lyrics to any of his songs or anything. But you know, he's like one of those. One of those. Uh, I don't know if he started as a SoundCloud rapper, or if he's just kind of in that click, or I don't know. Maybe I'll have to watch the, the documentary. I'm more of a fan of Lil Uzi Vert myself. There you go. I, I prefer Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, also on the 26th, we have last journey of Paul W.R. Uh, the stranger in our bed. We have man eater. That's another Saban films release a shark attack movie. Oh boy. We have soul vibe. This is going to be on Netflix. Looks like a kind of an action comedy from the looks of it. Takes place in the eighties. Uh, lots of driving. I'll probably check this out. Looks, looks fun. Uh, me time. That's also on the 26th and also on Netflix. It's a comedy with Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, all right. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. We have funny pages. Now this one I'm very interested in. This is a coming of age teen comedy, but, uh, it looks, looks quite good. It's about a young cartoonist. All right. Interesting. Yeah, it looks like it was shot on 16 millimeter. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely into that one. It looks funny. The Ghost Lights. We got Adopting Audrey. And it looks to be about it for VOD. On Blu-ray this week. We got Dog Soldiers coming out in oh, 4K. This is a Neil Marshall one from 2002. If you haven't seen that, I would recommend it. It's a really good. I'm not really that into vamp uh werewolf movies, but this one is like really solid. Okay. So definitely recommend that. It's before Neil Marshall uh, started sucking. By the way, he has a new movie coming out. And, I'm, uh, and it's also written by that wife of his and starring her too. So I, I'm, <laughs> I don't He just keeps going down the same path, man. Like, like I'm glad you're happy. Like I'm, I hope I hope he's happy and everything and his relationship and all of that. And I and I wish the best for him and his wife. But I really just wish he would do his own thing. I just like how you're like that wife of his, <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte something, Charlotte Kirk. Yeah, she has just such a bad reputation for some of the stuff that she's done in the past. It's just. Uh... Uh, Paths of Glory coming out in 4K. Dirty Dancing's getting a 4K release. Got Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. That's getting a 30th anniversary edition. So you're damn right it is. Yeah, if you want to feel old, Fern Gully is 30 years old. We got Suburban Sasquatch from 2004. Oh boy, <laughs> Suburban Sasquatch. Uh... 
I gotta look that up. Oh yeah, that's gonna that's on that um what's that label uh video I can't remember the name of it. It's the same company that put out LA AIDS Jabber. This looks so terrible. I know, I kinda wanna see it. I'll probably rent it. Um looks like there's some sort of old ass Tarzan collection that's coming out, nineteen eighteen to nineteen thirty five. Let's see what else. Naked Over the Fence from 1973. We got When Tomorrow Comes from 1939. Creature from the Black Lake from 1976. Death Warrant starring Van Damme from 1990. Here we go. Now we're talking. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. That's pretty much it. What about Criterion's? Uh, we have the uh, Hotel du Nord from 1938. Getting a 2K. Just getting a 2K. That's it. They're not going wild with that one. Okay. And, the, and then Buck and the Preacher from Sidney Poitier Ooh. from 1972. Him and uh, Harry Belafonte. I want to see this very badly. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, that's that's a pretty good lineup. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be very much appreciated. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. <laughs>